Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Ferrario Faceoff. I'm Mike Claiborne, and there is Alex Ferrario of ESPN here in St. Louis. Alex, uh, let's talk a little hockey today. Let's talk a little bit about your St. Louis Blues. Uh, interesting time of the schedule for them because uh, last night's game was a, was one I was like, uh-oh, here we go. Calgary <laughs> gets up 3-1, and you say to yourself, they're at home, first game back, loss of focus, but the Blues were able to pull one out. Yeah, they were clips, and I was the exact same way as you. Second period, you know, you give up that goal to Calgary, standing in front of the net, nobody around, everyone watching the puck, and you're thinking, yeah, this is typical St. Louis Blues on home ice. Um, and for some reason, and they came out in the third period, and they answered the call. So apparently we we found out on postgame, Mike Van Ryan told us that uh, Craig Berube had probably one of his most inspirational speeches to the team now let your imagination run wild with that. I would imagine some F-bombs drop in there every once in a while. But, uh, you know, Robert Thomas told us that he kind of called the team out and said, like, you got to play better. You got to move your feet. You got to stop puck watching. And look what happened in that third period. And on both ends of the spectrum, Claves, one side of it, you know, you love that. The, the team answered the call of the head coach. But on the other side of it, you kind of wonder to yourself, you know, what does that mean that your team in – January when you're three games out of the playoff spot playing the team that you're behind and your coach has got to call you out going into the third period so uh, I think I've officially decided Claves this Blues team this season is like that first time you were handed Romeo and Juliet or some Shakespeare book you have no idea what the hell it is you're just looking at it saying I'll figure it out probably by the end of it you, you know you're, you're right uh, and I was going to get to that in a, in a bit as we're halfway through the season just what the hell do we have as a team? I mean, because there are nights where they show up and you say, okay. And then there are other nights you they look like they've never played together before. So what do we have? And who's now taking over the leadership role now that Ryan O'Reilly's on the show? Well, let's go with that first question, Clevis, because what I think we have is exactly what we're seeing. It's a team that when they win hockey games, it's because their goaltender stole the show. I mean, look at the big wins that they've had this season. Most recently, Minnesota. Thomas Grice blanks the Minnesota Wild. You know, you go to that Vegas Golden Knights game on the road. That was Jordan Bennington. The Colorado Avalanche game. That was Jordan Bennington. Like, this team wins games because of their goaltender. And then to move out in front of that, defensively, this team is just flawed. I mean, you're without Tori Krug, Nick Letty, Robert Bortuzzo, uh, Marco Scandella, Scott Perunovic. And you're finding ways to win games, but you're still giving up 30-plus shots a night, and you're still giving up those grade-A scoring chances. And then offensively, I think offensively is the biggest mystery of this team because they have nights where they showcase that they can score five, six goals and just be spot-on highlight reel plays. But then they also show you nights where it looks like they forget what the game plan is, that they forget that, you know, dumping and chasing and forechecking is success for this team not the skate in circle up look for somebody open across the ice and make the pass because those plays happen rarely those plays happen against chicago and anaheim they don't happen against vegas and against colorado and against minnesota so i i just really feel like it's a team that's still trying to pass that torch to the next core of players that are taking over and to your second question for me, I think it's pretty obvious who the leader is for this team, and it's Braden Shen. I mean, you lose Ryan O'Reilly, and you go on that road trip, and Thomas Kyrou and Buchnevich, you know, they had a good game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, not a great game, and then they disappeared in that New Jersey Devils game, the Montreal game, and the Minnesota game. 
But who showed up? The two players that Doug Armstrong called out going into that road trip, Brayden Shen and Brandon Saad, they, along with Ivan Barbashev, combined for nine goals and 16 points. So as much as we think Thomas and Kyrou are ready to take over that leadership role, and they probably are, but I still think that without O'Reilly and Tarasenko, this is Braden Shen's team. I want to go back to something you touched on about the, the defensemen that the Blues are down right now. Uh, one of the other things, though, I think that's more glaring than the loss of defensemen is the lack of the forwards coming back because they expose the defense. You're right. that This team is critically deficient defensively as far as defensemen are concerned. But when you think about how the forwards don't come back or they're in the wrong position to give those the opposition's forwards good shooting lanes, uh, I think that's been a glaring issue. And it starts with the youngest guys on the team to some of the veterans, and they got to tighten that up. And I go back to, and we've talked about this before, the, the lack of attention to detail, which has really done this team in on mo- most nights they lose. Absolutely. I mean, look at that goal uh, last night that Jordan Cairo led up in the second period. I mean, it was a point blank shot in front of the net and you had your two defensemen going after the puck, the, the guy who was holding on to the puck behind the net. And what happens is the player sneaks down to in front of the net because they know that the Blues are pushing towards the puck. They're going after the puck. And as soon as that puck gets passed because they recognize somebody that's open, they make it and it's a one-time shot. So The team seems to have moments where they put the puck in poor positioning. They seem to have moments where they try and get it out of the zone, but what happens is it gets stopped because it's not a hard enough push outside of the zone. And then what this team likes to do is they push five-man unit up the ice. And what happens is as soon as they do that and it gets picked off in the neutral zone, now you got an odd man rush coming back the other way and you got your goaltender saving it. So it's just those simple plays that Craig Bruby always talks about Move the puck out of the zone, get it deep, so you can either get a line change or you can forecheck for it. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Mike Claiborne. More coming up after this. As one of St. Louis's fastest-growing companies and largest private companies, St. Louis Acura is proud to serve you and remains committed to becoming better than ever for you. As new Acuras become more available every day, we are not backing down from selling 100% more quality pre-owned vehicles than ever before. We want customers that appreciate our friendly, outgoing team and our award-winning service because at St. Louis Acura, we are better than ever for you. As one of St. Louis's fastest-growing companies and largest... There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Amron, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next-generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmarinIllinois.com slash renewables. Back with Alex Ferrario and the Ferrario Faceoff. Hey, um... This is a very interesting time of the season for the Blues, as we mentioned. It's the halfway point. But the home schedule, I mean, do they have too many home games in front of them? Because they, they're not as good of a team at home as they've been on the road. So either they're going to have to fix that or this is going to be a very challenging time for the St. Louis Blues. Absolutely. I mean, they have to fix this. So last night after that victory, Claves, that's the first time they've been at 500 on home ice since the first month of the season. So they were 7-8-2 and two going into that game against Calgary. And I mean, they nearly made it 7-9-2 um, going in from that second to the third period. So 
you play, I think, the next 44 days on home ice. The 44 of like 56, I think, are played on home ice. You only have four home games up until – or four road games up until the middle of February, the end of February. So, yeah, this team's got to figure out how to play well on home ice. And I feel like this is a topic that we've discussed for the last – Three, four, five years, it feels like, a, a team that doesn't perform to the level of expectation on home ice. And when you look around the Western Conference, there's a lot of teams that do well when they're in front of their home crowd. Uh, you know, Brandon Saad said it yesterday during the morning skate, like, we know what's in front of us with these teams on home ice, where you play Calgary twice, you play the Nashville Predators, you play the Ottawa Senators, like, you play teams that are sitting in front of you, or teams that, quote unquote, are easy points. So, for whatever reason, this team seems to always start off slower on home ice and then pick up the pace in the third period. The problem is you can't play behind the eight ball when you're playing these teams. If you don't have fast starts, you'll probably lose those games. Hey, you know, uh, you you touched on Saad, Chen, and, and uh, Barbashev as far as guys who stepped up the game. Who else, in your opinion, is starting to play better? Ooh, that's a good question. Um so I would probably say Nolachari's been playing much better right now, uh, especially because they've been using him in a top nine role. The other area that I think has been much better, Claves, and not specifically one person, but I think it's been, if you can tell my daughter thinks that's very true, it's been the fourth line. Um, you know, when they lost when they lost a couple of players, you had to push Nolachari up. You had to push a couple of guys up that you were using in that fourth line role. And now what the Blues are doing is they're relying on guys from Springfield to play in that spot. Alexi Torpchenko, Nikita Alexandrov, and Tyler Pitlick were the guys the last couple of games. And the one specifically for me I love is Nikita Alexandrov. Like, he just has a nose for the net. Look at that goal that he scored last night against Calgary. He goes to the net while Steve Santini takes the shot and picks up that rebound that Markstrom leaves open. So, for me, I think who's playing much better lately is just the fourth line overall. You know, uh, the Blues are in a situation now where with so many injuries and so many people are getting a look at, are they still in the market to maybe make a deal? And if so, what's the, the biggest need you think they're going to have? Because they're going to have some defensemen coming back here fairly soon. But what do you think the biggest need is for this team and what kind of deal do you think they can make? Clebs, uh, I would say probably the biggest need if they were in the market. Now, here's the thing. I guess I should preface it by saying I don't think they're in the market. I still think if I'm Doug Armstrong – I'm looking at this team and I'm saying this team has not shown me the ability that they can string together consistent 60 minutes of hockey. Like they won that game against Calgary in the third period. There's no question. They came back and found a way to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, they found a way to eliminate the Minnesota Wild, but look at the aspect that they won those games. Was it playoff style hockey? And I know that's hard to judge in January because it's the dog days of the season. But if I'm a GM, I look at my team and I say, is this a team that can go deep in the playoffs? And if not, look at the commodities that are sitting in front of you. Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Ivan Barbashev, Nico Mikola. Heck, Thomas Grice, for the way he's been playing this season, could probably garner you a draft pick. And I know people don't want to hear that, but those draft picks might become useful for you in the offseason if you really want to retool. Because what we're recognizing about this team, Claves, is they can win without O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Tori Krug and Nick Letty and Robert Portuzo. They can live with the bare bone minimum. So does that allow Doug Armstrong to look at this team and say, let's see if we can retool and make this window wider than what it is right now? 
But with that being said, I do wonder if 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 you're Doug, you find a hockey trade. And I know that's hard to do with the trade deadline. I think what this team needs is, and it's weird to say, I think they need another forward to play in their top six who's reliable and doesn't turn the puck over. So if I'm Doug, can I call up a team like, and I'm just spitballing here, the Rangers who sat Alexis Lafreniere and say, you need a top right winger. We need somebody young to come in and play in our top six to play with Cairo and Thomas. Let's make a one-for-one trade, Vladdy for Lafreniere. Or do you call up a San Jose Sharks and look at one of their pending UFAs, like a Tomas Hurdle, and say, we got somebody who you might be interested in keeping long-term in Vladdy. Give us this Tomas Hurdle that you're going to lose uh, through free agency. So maybe there's something like that for Doug this offseason, our trade deadline. Well, I don't know if the Rangers are going to do business with the Blues, considering the Sammy yeah. Blay Bruce Nagvis trade didn't really work out for them. Not so um, much. <laughs> yeah, not at not at all. Uh, Lafreniere is an interesting guy, but you know what? He's he, they don't put him on special teams. You know, he's yeah. on five on five, and there's too many guys in front of him as far as wingers are concerned. That I don't know if that guy will ever get a, ch- a chance in New York. And you don't want to move a first pick overall, but I think maybe they're in a position where they're going to have to because that he's. I don't think he's going to grow there. Well, and I think if you're New York, you got to look at this two ways. Do you stick with Gerard Gallant or do you stick with the younger players like Lafreniere? Because it's not it's not just Gallant with Lafreniere that are having issues because he's gotten the best out of that Capo Caco who last season Rangers fans were saying, this guy's a bust. So yeah. do you stick with the head coach where, I mean, for the last few seasons, New York's been searching for a head coach that they can trust. Uh, and now they finally got one. Do you stick with him? Or do you stick with the guy that you invested all of your capital in in terms of drafting first overall because he's an RFA after this season? And look, if you're him, you're thinking, I want to get paid, but I also know that I haven't gotten my opportunities to play in the roles that I feel like will get me the money I deserve. Yeah, that's a good point you make. All right, um, you talk about the draft picks. I don't think the Blues have had very many picks that have actually been able to help. I mean, we can talk about Cairo and Thomas. I mean, those guys have stepped up. And we're seeing flashes of some other guys that have been called up on a basically an emergency basis. But, you know, who's next as far as this organization is concerned? I mean, we've seen just about everybody in the minors that they have, and none of those guys have wowed me. So where do they go from here? Honestly, I think who's next, Claves, are kids that are 19 and 18 years old and junior in college. As far as the forwards, Jimmy Snuggerud, who just put on the performance at the World Juniors, yeah, I think he's going to be a really good player for the Blues. Now, Doug Armstrong seems to think that you're still probably two or three years away, and it's hard to deny that when you're 18 years old playing at the University of Minnesota. But watching those World Juniors games, Glaves, he just he went to the net. I mean, he's got a one-time shot that he can use. He makes the plays. He pushed a guy from Sweden off of the puck behind their own net and took it and scored a goal. So. He's going to be somebody that's interesting. Zachary Bolduc's another one. But here's the thing, and this is why I just wonder what Doug's going to do in the offseason. Zachary Bolduc is going to be a really good player. But Zachary Bolduc's 19 years old. And let's look at what they got right now in Jake Neighbors and look at what they got in Cairo and Thomas. There's growing pains that go with that. So those two at the forward position I think are going to be very influential for this Blues team. But I think you're still probably talking two or three years before they're having an impact like a Thomas or Cairo are having. On the defensive side, I think you're looking at it, Claves. Like Tyler Tucker is probably the best thing that they've got going for them right now. Matthew Kessel's a right-handed defenseman who can be an asset for this team. He's playing for Springfield and having some success. 
And then they got a kid over in Sweden who's playing well in Leo Luf, who is um, who's a big body defenseman who can probably play the style that people are wanting him to play, the big physical presence. So defenseman, there's not a whole lot. And then in goaltending, I think that's probably the brightest spot. Joel Hofer, Joel Hofer is going to be fighting for a – I think the Blues are going to be in a spot with Joel Hofer and, and Jordan Bennington like they were Claves with uh, Jake Allen and Ben Bishop. Because I think you've got two competent goaltenders that are going to be fighting for opportunities. And Joel Hofer will be the backup next season. So it's not the deepest the system's been, but they definitely have prospects that are going to be impactful. But I still think you're probably two, three, four years away from them being major pieces for this team. We don't have that kind of time. No, not at all. <laughs> we don't have that kind not of time. Not at all. all right. Before we get out of here, we mentioned the home schedule is a, is a big one. Hall of Fame night on Friday. Uh, with the ceremony and then the game on on Saturday, a uh, big weekend for the St. Louis Blues. Absolutely. I, I'm so looking forward to that. The ceremony at the MIC that they're going to have, which I believe is going to be streaming uh, for fans to watch. And then they're doing the induction in, on Saturday at the game and having media availability. I just think this is a long time coming, Claves. And you've been around the Blues a lot longer than I have. But when you look at – first of all, when you look at what the Cardinals do and how well they do it with that Cardinals Hall of Fame ceremony – you, you think that, man, the, the legacy that the Blues have in terms of players and people who have been impactful to the organization, like there needs to be something for fans to celebrate that. So I think it's really cool that they're going to have all of them in one building. I think it's great that Scotty Bowman and Gary Unger and Red Berenson are going to be uh, there for the team. Uh, I think the only one that's not going to be in, uh, in uh, presence is going to be Brian Sutter, which we all know it's difficult to get him to leave his farm from Calgary. But... <laughs> To, uh, to get all of those those Hall of Famers in one room together, I I'm so looking forward to it because there's so much Blues history that's going to be in attendance on Saturday night. Can't wait. Alex, it's always good to visit with you, sir. We'll be doing it again in the very near future. Uh, Claves, you as well. Always appreciate this. Uh, apologize. My daughter thought she wanted to be a part of the show. So next she's time more, we'll have she's her more than welcome. She's more than welcome. She's She'll good. talk Blues next time. There you go. He's Alex. I'm Claves on ClavesOnline.com.